up tonight, we're going to uh, do question and answer, and uh, I know we've done that uh, for a week or two with, uh, with Brian uh, before. We're, we're going to do this a little more often this year also. Uh, question and answer, we hope, comes from uh, you personally being in the Word of God, your personal daily time, and you coming up with questions and things that you're wondering, hmm, you know, kind of what Arsenio Hall term, things that make you go, hmm, probably dating myself but anyway uh, as you are in the word of God in your personal time and your personal study two different things it's real easy for uh, those of us in ministry sometimes to study and study and then neglect the personal time and sometimes it's easy to do that but not spend the time studying you need to have that good balance and uh, also the preaching and teaching of God's word and to do it uh, to you maybe you've got a question you're like said something in the past uh, and heard me that and I'm not sure I understand that so um, we will only use the word of God to answer because uh, anybody know what John 17 17 says that's right think probably on truth by his word is truth uh, we're only going to use truth uh, my opinion your opinion um, I love you but it doesn't really matter uh, like I said it's like my dad said it's like armpits everybody's got at least a couple of them and they mean big things so um, what we're going to do is take the Word of God every time. So we hope your questions are from that, and that's what we'll use to answer it. Um, we will also um, work on how to answer, how to find the answers as well. So uh, as Pastor has said, no question is dumb, no question is stupid. Um, I'll put the caveat, except the one you don't ask, you know, Doug. Um, don't be afraid, don't be shy. Um, Grab the mic and tell us that. So, so who's got the first question? You guys been reading your Bible this week? Yeah, amen. Yeah, yes, ma'am. Everybody a chance to get there. Isaiah eleven six. Okay. Isaiah is a, a great book. Um, it's one of those books that uh, if you've never studied it out, you uh, you ought to. Um, just like your Bible has sixty six books, it has sixty six chapters, and believe it or not, they will all correlate in each of those books. Okay, Isaiah eleven verse six. Okay, so where does that come from, I wonder? Say again? Jehovah's Witness? Jehovah's Witness? <laughs> well, that, that could be. Uh, but <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, actually, now that you say that, I do kind of remember they asked that question, but I think you might be thinking of LDS. 
um, because they often have the rhino and the lamb together like that also. So let me ask you this. How would you find the answer to that question? Strong's Concordance, okay, great. Anybody here not know what a Strong's Concordance is? Nobody knows what that is? Okay. Um, does everybody know that you can actually get one on your phone? Yeah. Just download it. Yeah. I want to be free. <laughs> but, yeah, you can do that. So here's, here's something let's do. Everybody pull your phone out. Uh, that's not what I want. But uh, pull your phone out. If you don't have Strong's, you guys know how to get it, right? Like I said, I'm a very interactive um, pastor, so I like to I like to have us talk, converse, but also instruct. And what you guys all know the old saying, right? You can feed a man fish for a day, or what? Teach him how to fish for life, or you know, feed him ways for a lifetime. Well, it's, it's the same thing when it comes to the Word of God. We can see feed you, or we can teach you how to work your fish. Ladies, how many of you would like for your husband to know how to fish, right? Yes, or do you just recently? Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I didn't see any hands. I was like, what? No, actually, my mom taught me how to cook, how to sew. I did everything else because she said, you know what? You may not be married. And at that time, I was younger, so course I wasn't um, before uh, you need to eat and you need to be able to do it uh, on your own so um, I learned to do those things because I had a mother that said hey your your legs aren't broke so uh, she also I will tell you gave my wife a uh, and now let me just preface this my mom and I are very close I love her like none other um, but when we got married she gave Lisa a sympathy card <laughs> That's a true story, um, because she loves me and she knows me, um, and she loved my she loved loved my wife. So, which I don't blame her there. So, okay. So, if you go to your your Play Store or, or what are some of the other ones where you can get your app, because I'm not very tech savvy. But wherever you get apps on your phone, go in there and put on Strong's. How many of you have a Bible, a King James Bible on your app? Okay, or on your phone, thank you. Like I said, I am really not tech savvy at all, but uh, you ought to have those two things. Just like this, if you use a computer uh, at home to do your Bible study, then you ought to have it on there. I just like to pull out the Strong's in my Bible and I go to work, mostly because there's no such thing as laptops and computers and stuff like that when I got saved. <laughs> you know, so I just learned it that way, and I still like to touch it and feel it, you know. So here's something we're going to do. If you have a Bible on your phone, pull it up, okay? Go ahead and pull it up. Uh, get rid of the ads. We all know that we're, we're going to put ads up, okay? And then what would, you, what would you put in here if you're wanting to find out the answer right now? Okay, all right. Okay, three verses, all right? Um, why don't you grab the microphone for me for a second? Pam, could you hand Pam the microphone? <laughs> okay. Okay, and, and read out those three verses. Where, 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 where are they at? What, 
1 Samuel 17:33. Okay, who wants to grab that? Okay, go ahead. 1 Samuel 17:34. Isaiah 11:6. Do you want to go? You said 1 Samuel 11:34. 1 Samuel 17:34. Okay, she was there. Okay. And then uh, Isaiah what? 11:6. Okay. Isaiah 55:11. And that's funny. So lion and lamb it has Isaiah 11:6. Yes. <coughs> this is KJV and this right. is right. Okay. Um, who wants to grab uh Isaiah 65, 25. Somebody? Anybody? Okay. Brenda? All right. Um, 1 Samuel 17, 34. Can you grab the mic and read that for us, please? And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. Then there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the pen. Okay. Does that have anything to do with the lion and lamb laying down together? No. No. So it has that, but remember, and most of you, I think we're, we're uh, the only ones tonight that were doing principles of Bible study, right? A couple of you probably weren't, but uh, okay, so what's the very first, you know, principle that, that we want to keep in mind? Say it again, loud. You're right. Say it loud. Context, that's right. Context. So is the context and in, in First Samuel seventeen thirty four, the same as the context of, of a lion and lamb laying down together. No, so we know that has lion and lamb in it, but it has nothing to do with what she's asking about. And remember, I'm going to read Isaiah eleven. Uh, well, I thought I was on paper, but there, pages uh, eleven six. I'm going to read that to get you again because we just read it. Um, but it says, "The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down." With the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. Um, the reason I pulled this up is because both those words are in there. Okay? Now, sometimes it depends on which, like, I can't do this on my phone in, in, in this Bible app. But if you were use uh, some of the programs you might have on your laptop, uh, Word Search and uh, eSword is the other one I'm thinking of. eSword is, is very good. Um, you can put the phrase in. So if you put the phrase in, then this this verse isn't going to show up, okay, because it doesn't have that phrase. Does that make sense? Sometimes the phrase you think it is, when you're looking up, you find out, oh, that's not the way it actually says that. It says it a little bit different. And then that brings in, if you remember again in principles of Bible study, kind of my overarching uh, principle that covers everything, and that is before you try to determine what the verse means, what do you do? Anybody remember? Say again? Okay, pray. Yeah, you should do that before you do anything, right? But no, before you try to figure out what it means, read what it says. Because a lot of times, including right now for me, I'll just confess, I'm reading through and reading through, and, and some of you have been saved for a number of years like myself, and, and when you read through, sometimes we read what we already have in our mind that it says. But that's not always actually what it says. How many of you have ever done that thing where you take the first and last word of a sentence in a paragraph 
and they get right, and every other word in between is all messed up. Have you ever done that? Anybody else ever done this? If you read that, you will actually read as if you could see the whole thing because your mind fills it in, okay? Uh, Anybody here ever learned how to speed read? Okay, so when you speed read, do you actually look at the words? No, you're looking at the whole sentence, right? Maybe the whole paragraph. Some people can do that. I I can't do that, but you just learn to boom, 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 and you just keep going because your mind fills it in. Yes, sir. Okay. Oh, we're, we're about to go there. Hang on. We're about to go there. Thank you. I like this. She's eager. But, again, all that's, that's why it's good. And I, I, I'll just tell you, this is my own opinion, okay? This isn't doctrine. But along with your Bible, if you don't have a strong concordance, you ought to get one, okay? If you're going to be serious about studying the Word of God. Um, because it, it or, or have one on your computer or whatnot. But it allows you to uh, be a good steward of your time, okay? Uh, it allows you to pull all these references, uh, either on computer or like I used to do. I'd look at every single one of them, and then I'd write them down. Because in the Strong's, it gives you a little bit of the verse, not the whole verse. And so you're not always sure what the context is. So sometimes when there's like maybe a dozen verses, all right, that doesn't take too long. But when there's 213 references, that takes a while, if you're going to do it right. Because if you're going to find out what does this mean, what does, what does that mean? It means I want to find out how is God using this word. Not how I use this word or how, quote, unquote, Christianity uses this word. Not even necessarily how Bible believers are going to use that word. I want to know how does God use that word, okay? Because he's the author, right? So does it really make sense to go somewhere else to try to find the meaning without going to the author first, right? It doesn't. All right, Isaiah 65, 25. Uh, Can you hand the microphone up to Belinda, please, and we'll let Dave take off. and the lamb shall feed together and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock and the dove shall be the serpent's meat they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain saith the Lord alright so keep, keep your finger there in, in Isaiah 11 and Isaiah 65 25 uh, what do you notice about Isaiah 65 25 And, and what, what Pamela said was, you see the wolf and the lamb again. And basically, you're seeing the same thing. It's pretty close to it. Uh, it's, there are differences, and, and that's what you want to note. What are these differences? Uh, also, uh, if you're doing things, if, if you're really sitting down and studying this, one of the first things you need to do, especially right here where she started, ele- in Isaiah 11, 6, what comes, what comes ahead of uh, Isaiah 11, 6? What? Yes. Verses 1 through 5 in front of it. And so before you go too far, you, you want to you read, what, how did we get to verse 6? Well, you had to read 1 through 5 first to find out, okay, what's going on? 
All right, so we look at Isaiah 11, chapter 1, I'm sorry, uh, verse 1, and it says, There shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Who are we talking about there? Jesus, okay? So just some context that's not necessarily what somebody would have expected. Verse 2, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and of the fear of the Lord. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, like we do, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, like we do. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. So, without diving in here super deep, clearly we see in verse 1 talking about Jesus, all right? In verse 2, we see the attributes, that, you know, 3 and 4, uh, the attributes that he's going to display. Um, the Spirit of the Lord is on him because he is the Lord, okay? But that, as we know, the Spirit of the Lord is the Spirit of prophecy. The Word of God is the Spirit of prophecy. So we have these things. Um, but, but verse 5 gives us something that we actually have seen uh, a couple of times already, and he uses the word righteousness. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of, his, of the reins. Uh, righteousness. So we're talking about the Lord when he is reigning, okay, uh, physically, and he's, he's girdling himself. He's, he's uh, you know, like we say, um, pull up your bootstraps or, or, you know, put your pants on, you know, and go out there and be a big boy or, or, or a big girl type of thing. What, what he's doing there is he is clothing himself, his loins, and uh, the girl of his reins with righteousness and faithfulness. So this is about him ruling and reigning physically here on this earth. I'm kind of giving you the cliff notes here. And with that in mind, in verse 6, read it again, in this context of him ruling and reigning, okay, the wolf also shall draw up a lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fat being together, and a little child shall lead them. So somebody tell me, what are the animals that are mentioned here? The wolf and what? the next thing or next the leopard and what leopard and what yeah leopard and kid let's go leopard at least huh oh the sheep right away leo leo leopard l-e-o-p okay leopard and kid I got backwards. And what's the what's the next one? The calf and the what? What? Young lion. All right. So always take a look at it. We got wolf, sheep, lamb, kid, leopard, calf, young lion. All right. Go over to Isaiah sixty-five for me, Pat. Yes. Oh, fatling and what? What? Child, right. Neither of those, right? 
that's good. Yep, you're, you're getting ahead of me, but that's okay. I like it. It says, and the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. Okay? So, again, you see this continued on with this pairing, and we'll come back to that in a minute. Okay, Isaiah 65, 25. Do we have the, the wolf and the lamb? Okay. Do we have the leopard and the kid? Calf and the young lion. And we don't have the, the fatling and the, and the child in there. Okay, so what's it replaced with? Say again. Start start at the first part of the uh, of the verse. We know wolf and lamb is there. What's after that? What? Lion and what? Bullock, thank you. Yeah, old ears, I'm sorry. Man, I'm such a nerd. That OCH is tagging me. <laughs> All right. What? Serpent and what? Just a serpent by himself? Okay. Let's keep that in mind. What other pairing do we have in, in Isaiah 65? Is that it? Now, here's the other thing. Isaiah 65, um, what comes after Isaiah 65, 25? 56. So it's the end of the chapter. So, again, if we're going to get some context, what do we got to do? Read the previous verse, so you, you really, what we would really want to do, and we, and we won't, not because of time's sake, but if you go back to verse 17, what do you see there? There's a little symbol next to 17. What is that? There you go. That's it. It's this symbol, and I'm, you guys know me, I'm not an artist of any kind, but it's something like this, right? That's a paragraph marker, it just says. What's your name? Leslie. Leslie. Even though I apologize. Paragraph marker. Now, I know we tend to ignore punctuation. Part of that reason is because most of us, a lot of people nowadays don't even know what to do with punctuation. I, I found that out, unfortunately. Um, I used to run security for a casino, some of you know, and, and uh, when guys would write reports, I was shocked. I mean, seriously, shocked, because I couldn't spell, and I've never been a great speller, but I can spell. I, I, it's always things like that, H or K, two L's or one, you know, things like that. Um, but brilliant. People don't know how to spell. They have no idea what punctuation is, let alone how to use it, let alone how to actually, what to do with it when they see it. Now, people usually know what a period is, right? Some people even know what to do with a comma. But once you get into colons and semicolons, let alone parentheses, people just don't know what to do with it, right? So when, when somebody says, uses a, a big $25 or 25-cent word like parenthetical, you know, you know, they're about to 
all that means is it's the particle from the printer, right? Because a lot of times in Scripture we see things that are in parentheses, okay? Without having to say, oh, it's it's the stuff in the parentheses, you say, okay, that's parenthetical. Okay, I mean, it's the part in the printer, okay? It's a simple way to say it. Um, A lot of times what people do then is they read right through it and ignore the parentheses as if they don't exist. Well, that sure changes things, doesn't it? Okay? Or they miss colons and semicolons. All right? Sometimes you have to do what I did, um, which is after the foolishness of ignoring English in school, um, I'm sure the fact that my dad was an English teacher had nothing to do with it, but um, I, at, what, 30-something, called my dad and said, Dad, your uh, rebellious son would like to to learn the English language again. And so, you know what he did? He came and, and we had lunch together once a week and he taught me a lot of this stuff. Um, and he wasn't ever like a teacher in school, but um, you know, I, I graded papers for a while and I had a cheat sheet. This is back when teachers, are there any teachers in here? Okay, good. And, and if you're a teacher out there, I'm not trying to slam you personally, but I saw my dad and others and how they, what they did as teachers back then, and uh, the teachers I see today, my own kids are as old as the kids, you know, grandkids today, you know, they don't even grasp it. And then we think they don't get paid very well, and they don't. They should, they don't. Maybe that's why they don't do the things that I saw my dad do. Um, they work hard. Saying they don't work hard, but you know, a lot more of that. So, when you get into things like this, if you don't know them, don't ignore it. Go find out. I I wanted to know. You know why? Not because I wanted to be an English major or or understand. Because I wanted to understand my Bible. I I wanted to, with all my getting, okay, Proverbs. With all I get, and it's true. Okay. Get rich and get much, get understanding. Well, how am I going to get understanding when I don't even understand what this means? You know, dangling participle, I thought, yeah, I clipped that off if you got that. <laughs> I still struggle with some of that, quite frankly. Um, but your King James Bible, <coughs> um, a lot of times people say, oh, it's so hard to understand. It, it, it's not. You know, you know what makes it hard? One, we don't know English anymore as a country. We don't. And two, it has archaic words, okay? When people say that, don't don't try to argue that. It does have archaic words. By the way, so does every other version out there. And we're not going to go into versions tonight. I know Pastor Cutler weeks ago was affectionate with somebody asked. But they all have archaic words. So it's not a matter of archaic words. It's a matter of find out what those mean, like anything else in life. If you don't understand it, find out. I mean, is that really, why do we not do that? We don't do it because we want somebody to get it. We want, you know, can, can I go to the pharmacy and get that and write me a prescription faster? <laughs> I wish I could sometimes, right? Okay, but it doesn't work that way. I see the great physician has already written you a prescription. You know, script, prescription. He's written it for you. So if you're not going to actually take the prescription, 
and follow the instructions of the prescription, then why would you really drive out and kill somebody to walk? I hope you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> because it is here. All right? And like a lot of things, have you ever tried to read your prescription bottle? I don't really have a lot of them. My wife had like 20,000 over our 40-plus years of marriage. Um, she had some tough little days, apparently. At one time, she was taking 22 pills in the morning, what, 18, 14 maybe at night? Crazy. Try reading them. I was joking the other night, we were watching something, and I said, you know, if you're going to be a doctor or a nurse, I'm pretty sure there's several classes on how to pronounce these words. Okay, because I mean they're this long. Boy, I don't, I don't. That's tough. But you know how you figure things like that out? <clears throat> a twenty-five dollar word, you break it down into quarters. I, I'm sorry, into nickels, right? I used to listen to my parents and and the previous generation when they would find a word they didn't know, reading a thing that that you folks probably don't know some of us know. It was called a zebra. <coughs> and if you didn't understand, you might pick up a telephone with a word on it. <laughs> okay? What do you do? You take those words. They, they would say, they'd look at a word or they'd read a word, and, and all of a sudden I'd see them talking about it. I'm like, that obviously stands for something. There's law in it. You know, you just got to get to it and go over it. And I, you know, this is, I hear people with, with no, no education hardly doing this kind of Supposedly, we're getting a better education, but these guys have know how to, okay, let's break this down. I'm like, I, I wish I would have done that. They, I, it's not because I wasn't paying attention in this particular case. It's because they didn't teach it like that, all right? How to break things down. And if you're going to study your Bible, you're going to have to learn to break things down, okay? $25 word, break it down into nickels. Find out what each of those mean, okay? Find out where does it come from. I will give you this warning. I'm going to jump back because I know I'm getting off a little bit, but this is important. When you go to Strong's or there's a few others, but Strong's is, in my opinion, is the best. A lot of times you make the mistake of, oh, so this word means that. Not always. That's a mistake, okay? Stay away from that. What you're learning about when you go to Strong's or something else like that, is the etymology behind the word. Point, not point. Etymology of the word. In other words, where did it come from? Okay. What it means in English is the word that you're looking at. Okay, whatever that is. If you say, oh, in Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic, whatever, it means this. Okay, so, and then all of a sudden you, you try to say it in there as it was used in Greek. Here's the problem. Are you reading it in Greek or are you reading it in English? Uh, English. Thank you. So does it make sense to insert that automatically? No. Now, does it give you understanding? Absolutely. And if you look in there, you'll find sometimes it's very little. Where that word came from or its past that it, it got to us through its etymology is scant. What that really means is 
the children pretty much go to hell for a long time. Other times, my God, I mean, literally, it's it's this long, okay? It's like deep and wide. There's some of you in there thinking, all right, I like the Sunday morning. Okay, that's my favorite time because, you know, you just get the uh, everything else being done. You just get to enjoy it. But you you get, you get in there and you say, well, what is this all about? It's giving you all the different, you know, where the pathways came came from and all these different things. What's cool is when you say, okay, here it was used like this, and then this was used like that, and then another verse was used like that. So then you can go to those verses, and you start to get a little more understanding about the use of that those words. But but be careful about thinking, oh, I see in the Greek or the Hebrew, it means this. So now when I read it in English, this is what it means. Well, not necessarily, <laughs> Okay. That's a great example, okay? E- even even from just the way you say things from one language to another is is really different. You know, if I say I love you in English, Alicia, it takes three words. But if I say it in Spanish, te amo, I'm only using two words. But because of the, the way it's done, it has a I in it that's implied. So... I don't want to get into language in real detail, but it is different. And so I'm just giving you a warning. Don't automatically assume, oh, this is what it means. This is where it came from. That's where you want to start with that. It may very well be that, yeah, the two are synonymous things, but not necessarily. You know, just be a good student. Be a good. Here's the number one thing about Bible study. You know, you know what you have to be? Anybody? A detective. A detective. You have to ask, you know, the, the where, what, why, when, how. You have to ask, you know, why, what's going on here. You have to go find, get all the evidence, okay? This is what exercising your faith is all about. And, and faith, keep your finger here, but I want you to do something. Go back to Hebrews chapter 11 real quick. Now, you all know this. Most of you probably know this is what's referred to as um, the uh, biblical hall of faith or hall of fame, however you want to put that. Uh, it's been down here or um, down here. And that's great. But when it comes to faith, faith is not what we usually like to think of it as, which is some nebulous feeling, vibe, whatever you want to call it, where I just get a little more, squint my eyes a little harder and maybe bite my, my tongue a little bit and just get more like I am or I'm not. That's not faith. That's silly. <laughs> okay? That's trying to elicit something from emotion. Okay? Um, verse 1, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Remember what I said when we, when we talked about principles when we were studying the Bible? Okay, context, right? And overarching that is, before you try to figure out what it means, read what it says. If you read it word for word, if you're really going to say it out, write it out and break that down. Okay, I won't go into a sentence breaking them down uh, tonight, but break it down. You can probably do that on your own. Chapter 11, verse 1 of Hebrews. Now faith is 
is that a might, a maybe? Is. Okay, concurred. Page is what? The what? Substance. Is there anything ethereal about substance? No. Substance is something substantial. Okay? It has meat to it. Substance. get a little uh, worked up about this until I get tired of hearing it. Oh, you can plug it in a church and you can get much church out of it. No, you only need it by church. Substance. It happens. Okay? Just do what the Bible says. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The what? Evidence. Evidently, faith is not what we always think it is. It's substance. I'm writing this down. It is substance and evidence. Nothing ethereal, vibe, feeling about that. Okay? That's what faith is. So as detectives studying the Word of God, we want to find out the substance and find the evidence. All right? In fact, the, the FAA is really good at this. <laughs> the FAA, when they have a plane wreck or something, you know what they do? They collect every single piece. I mean everything from that thing, and they'll take it into a warehouse. They'll rent a warehouse somewhere or, or on a base, and they will lay out every single piece. And then they put it into the different sections that, that they go with, Okay. This, this was a part of the wing, or this was a part of the, the oil tank, or this was a part of the wing. Whatever it is, they put it in those places, and, and they can tell exactly what happened when they're done. It's amazing what they know how to do that. But you know what they do? They gather all the substance, all of it, and then they examine the evidence. And then it speaks for itself. Why, why is it we don't do that with the Bible? There you go. That's exactly why. Because it's a lot of work. It's kind of like, man, I'd love to have a Maserati, right? Until you look at the sticker price. And the taxes. And you're like, and the insurance. And you're like, oh, that's more than I want to pay. And that's what happens to us when it comes to, to studying. Oh, I want that. I, I want to I learn that like Pastor does. I want to learn like, like so-and-so and then you see the, pay, the the sticker price. A lot of work. Time. Oh, yeah, but I heard a service in the armchair. Well, there's most important truth. Substance. Gather the substance. Examine the evidence. You'll get the answer. Okay? It's not hard. It is hard work. It's not always real hard work. Sometimes it's just a little time-consuming, and others, it's a lot of time-consuming. But I got news for you. Uh, let me ask you this. If somebody says, hey, on your property, we just found a, a manuscript that says this like 400 years ago. Somebody buried about 500 pounds of gold. Would you go digging for that? Is there anybody here that would not be digging for that? Because I would, okay? I would be digging for that. 
Ron's blind. He would be out there digging for that, okay? We would be digging for it. I don't care how deep it was, how hard it was, we'd be going for that, all right? 17, 150 bucks, I think, an ounce right now. Yeah, we'd be, we'd be digging. Well, this Bible that you're holding in your hand, a 400, 500 pounds of gold doesn't even cover the front side. It's not even close to it. See, we, we believe that, but that's not definitely not true. Sometimes, okay, well, I know that's true. Okay, Mark, I know that's true. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Sister said sometimes when you're young, you just want the milk and you just want to stay on the milk. Okay. A lot of babies are like that, right? Okay. I, I was one of those. I, I didn't want to, you know, that's really not true, actually. My mom said after literally four weeks, I had to start making an oatmeal while running big giant things, and I'd feed four to six packs of cereal. But some people don't want to stay on the milk. You know what? I love milk to this day. I, I mean, I drink milk every day. I love it. But it does not fill the belly. Okay? It, it doesn't. Uh, it tastes good to me. I love it. But it doesn't, sat- it doesn't fill it doesn't nourish me, particularly at my age. Okay, back at my age, it, a lot of times they're saying, "No, stop all the dairy." Okay, I'm not saying that, but it's this is what matters. If you really believe what the Bible says about milk, that it's more precious than gold, it's more precious than than rubies, then. Just one man digging is no big deal. In fact, you want to do it every day. All depends on what your where your appetite is, right? And you know, it's it's like anything. How many of you have ever changed your diet to get healthier? Was it fun when you first started? No, it didn't taste right. You know, give me as much of this as I wanted. But if you keep doing it, what happens? feel better. That's right. And after a while, man, this tastes better than the other stuff you used to eat. I, I, I have only used sea salt for the last several decades. And if I get table salt, I'm immediately like, oh, this is terrible. But before that, I loved table salt. Because my mother made it better. Right? Right. So when it comes to this kind of thing, jump back into this. Some things to look at. The lion and the bullet. Okay? Look at the substance and see what the evidence tells us. In Isaiah 65, we're going to come back here, and we won't go all the way back to verse 17 at the paragraph marking, but let's go back up here a little ways. Um, Try not to do that again. I guess we are going to start at 17. Do a little skip and sneak. Uh, otherwise, we won't get to anything. Okay? Verse 17 at the paragraph marker. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. So, w- what's the context right away of this paragraph? 
yes, new, new heavens and new earth. All right? Go back to Revelation chapter 22. You'll see all this happening, by the way. Um, and he says, but, um, but be ye glad, rejoice uh, forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jer- Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy. Um, come down to 20. There shall be no more hence an infant of days nor an old man that hath not served his days. For the child shall die a hundred years old, but the sinner being a hundred years old shall be accursed. And they shall build houses. Come on down here a little bit. Uh, verse 22. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people and mine elect, uh, shall long enjoy the work of their hands. And you see that phrase, mine elect. That's something else we talked about. Key words and phrases. That elect, what's that always have to do with? Believers in what age? Now that's as we look at dispensation. What's the dispensation? So you see mine elect. Are there any Christians here in Isaiah 65? Christ hasn't even showed up on the earth, let alone died. So if you read the New Testament, which he is our Savior. So is this about Christians? No. When he talks about the elect, mine elect, he's talking about the nation of Israel, which is who he's talking to here in the back. Okay. Mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth for trouble, for they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. Notice everything he's talking about here has to do with a lot of physical things, spiritual, yes, but not spiritual as far as uh, spiritual instead of physical, but rather physical. He's talking about houses and food and fruit. If you read the whole thing there, Um, come down here, verse 24 now. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock. And dust shall be the serpent's meat. Sounds kind of fun. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, saith the Lord. So, here's some evidence. He says in the first part of verse 25, the wolf and the lamb shall feed together. Okay? So, back to Isaiah 11 and verse 6. It says, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. Okay, so in in 11.6, they're dwelling together. Here they're feeding together. So again, sometimes we don't see the forest for the trees. We see wolf and lamb, wolf and lamb. Oh, same thing. That's again. So we try to figure out what it said, what, what it means because of what it says. Here it talks about dwelling together. Here it's talking about feeding together. All right. Next thing in sixty-five twenty-five says uh, the lion shall eat straw like the bullock. So really, this isn't lion and bullock. But the lion and the bullock 
eating just like the wolf and the lamb, but specifically eating the skull. If you give a lion a skull today, what's going to happen? <laughs> He's going to get upset with you because he's looking for some carne, you know, meat. Yeah, he's looking, he looking for the good stuff, but not them. Okay, so back here in, I think, 11, verse 6, says the leper shall lie down with the kids. Now let's go back to Isaiah 65, 25. It says, and thus shall be the serpent's meat. Well, there's nothing here about lepers, you know, lying down with the kids. So that one doesn't exist there, right? Captain the young lion, we know in 11.6, but again over here in uh, 65.25, nothing about a captain of the young lion. We got the full-grown lion, apparently, from what it says up earlier, but nothing about that. Okay, so what's the last one? The uh, fatling in the... In the in the child, it says, uh, and the calf and the young lion, I'm sorry, and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. Oh. Okay, well, now, wait a minute. The calf and the young lion and the fatling. And what are they doing? They're together doing what? Well, it's an and after colon. It says, the wolf also shall blow up the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. So actually, this is not fattening the child. This is calf and young lion and fattening. And a child is leading them all. So that's not exactly what we thought either, is it? Isaiah 65, again, he says that thus shall be the serpent's meat. But here's the thing to look at again. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, saith the Lord. So what do you see here? You see wolf, that's a predator, right? Lamb, prey, all right? Leopard, predator, kid, prey. Calf, prey, young lion, he's, he's still a predator, okay? In fact, the young ones, they're, they're a little more, a uh, little less uh, logical. They, they don't think strategically. They just kind of, they're after it, you know. Uh, for reference on that, go watch the episode Lion King. Okay, here... In, in Isaiah 65, we've got the lion, prey, or bullock. I'm sorry, lion, predator, bullock, prey. And then we have the wolf and the lion, prey, or predator and prey, but they're feeding together. The serpent, what's, it, what's, what's interesting to note about that? What's he doing? He's what? Eating dirt, eating dust, specifically. 
Now, now where do you see that? Huh? Yeah, let's go back to Genesis 3. Now we're going to apply that thing that's called uh, the law of first, what? Mention. That's right, law of first mention. All right? So in Genesis 3, it's the very first time we see a serpent show up. And uh, this isn't just any serpent. This is the devil as a serpent. And uh, we won't go into this, but um, in the first five verses, see what we would call the M.O. Of, of the devil, Satan, Lucifer, okay? Um, five ways that he, that he attacks the Word of God, apparently right there. But look at the very first verse in verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hast thou said? And that's a question mark, if you notice at the end of that. So again, paying attention to punctuation, all right? He's questioning. Again, we're not getting in it, but that's the first of five verses. You can go look at the other four. There's one in each verse. Now, come on down here um, to verse 14. Yes, verse 14. Thank you. Okay. Genesis 3:14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent. Now he's, he's talked to the, you know, to the man, and or, or the man, the woman has something to say. Uh, let's go back to 13. The Lord God said unto the woman, What is this thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And this is after the man had pointed at her and said, Well, she gave it to me. So now she's passed. They're all passing the buck. All right? So God starts dealing with her. And he says this in verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this. So what did he do? Hey, Ben. What did he do? He, he beguiled them. He, he um, put question marks. He questioned the Word of God. He um, derided the Word of God. He changed the Word. They did all these things. And he says, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou uh, shalt thou go. And what shalt thou eat all the days of thy life? Dust. Well, well, again, back in Isaiah 65, verse 25, and all these things have changed. This is when uh, hopefully, seven years and, and a few hours away from now, if we're lucky, um, is what we're talking about, where, where the Lord comes back here in Revelation uh, 19, verse 11, and we come with him, and he sets up his, his rule and his reign, as we saw earlier in here. It's all about a new heavens and a new earth, okay, uh, which actually is even beyond that. But when he comes down in, in Revelation uh, nineteen eleven, the millennium kicks off thousand years of him ruling and reigning from the throne of David in Jerusalem, right? And, and that's that dispensation we talked about last week, the sixth one, if you have your notes in there. Dispensation number six, the millennium, uh, or seven, I'm sorry, seven. I'm going to believe we're first in two. I got two. Yes, sir. Okay. is. Let's go back there for a second before we go any further. Isaiah 11, and I got sidetracked, Don, thank you. To get this context again, uh, if you're going to get context, one of the first things you want to do with something is read the verses in front of and behind that verse, okay? Uh, at least go back to the, 
just a paragraph to you there. And usually that'll give you the context. If it doesn't, then go back to the chapter, okay, the beginning of that chapter. Uh, but read through it and put it in context. So let's do that again. Verse uh, Isaiah 11, verse 6, The wolf also shall draw up a lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the suckling child shall play on the hole of, of the ass, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So, all the way from Genesis 3, okay, to Adam and Eve, we see the serpent, what the Lord tells us. No more legs for you. He, uh, what's the phrase? Cut his legs out from under him. I don't care what the phrase is, you can find it in the Bible. My old Bible, I used to have a whole list of them. They were covered in puffy paper. Just, just pay attention. I mean, I, you, I could read it till you pop out. You know, I am what I am. You know, that old Never Ending Popeye old song. But anyway, I'm dating myself again. Here, here's the thing with, with what we're seeing here, right? We're seeing predators and prey. Predators eat the prey, right? But when you get in here and you find that when the Lord is on the earth in the millennium, ruling and reigning, all of a sudden those things don't happen. Now in Isaiah 65, this is past the millennium. This is, what's it say? The new heaven, new earth. You go back there. Seventeen, that paragraph one says, "For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind." Okay, so uh, and again, if you go back to the beginning of that chapter, it even it, it really lays it out well. But here's the thing: from Genesis three, where where, where Satan used that serpent to to uh, lead Adam and Eve astray, and they do it a man willingly, the woman beguiled. Okay. From there, all the way through the Old Testament, all the way through today, all the way through the uh, the tribulation, all the way through the millennium, all the way through to a new heaven and new earth. What's the serpent doing that whole time? He's eating dust. He's eating dust. His punishment doesn't change. It's a whole other thing. But the Lord put it in that table for a reason. We're going to mention it. You'll have to look at more ev- more substance to get the evidence of what that is. Okay. What we're seeing here with the substance, the substance is this, right? We're seeing predators and prey. But all of a sudden, with all now, we just got these few because of the comparison between the two verses. They look like they're alike, but they're not quite, right? Isaiah eleven six and Isaiah sixty five twenty five. They're similar, but a little different, aren't they? Okay, as we're seeing here. But what they're talking about is the same thing. And that is, when the Lord is is ruling, the predator and the prey are no longer predator and prey at all. It reverts back to 
you might remember I mentioned this last, last, uh, last week, just in a little passing, he said the things that you see at the very beginning, you also see at the very end. Well, what you see at the very beginning tends to be animals before the fall. Do you see them attacking each other? No. You, you know, there is, you know, now in my day, we were taught, this is what, what you find here is what man is looking for. The age of Aquarius. Right? All of us are hippies in this way. Yeah. Where everything, you know, and it's what you hear, and I'm going to call it what it is, propaganda, because this is not what people really want, okay? What people say they want and what they feel they're trying to get are almost always two different things, okay? So when they say, you know, we want peace and safety for everyone, what they mean is we want a piece of everything from the control to the money of your life so that we can dress safe. like it was back there in Genesis before the fall. There is no predator and prey, lion uh, eating the bullock, wolf eating the lamb, lion eating everything, okay, including, as, as you saw there, and Brother pointed out uh, in chapter 11, uh, the bear eating the cow. Uh, you, you, don't, you even see children there in Isaiah 11, verses 8 and 9. You see children playing around some of the most deadly serpents, snakes, around. Not really. Because it's like it was back here before the fall, because the Lord owns it. And he's trying to protect it. He's saying, hey, this is the way it was supposed to be. He's fulfilling in the millennium the promises made to the nation of Israel. And then with the new heavens and new earth, he's starting to fulfill what he's going to do, trying to get there. And when that happens, just like Genesis 1 and 2, the bullock doesn't have to worry about the lion eating it. Because the lion doesn't eat bullock candy. It eats straw. Right? We saw that. So, what do we see? The answer to the question. Why is it people say the lion and the lamb? Well, because what is the greatest predator? The lion. What's, what's the most innocent prey? So people say that, and they're encompassing all of them. Okay? So if they want to say, Scripture says, well, that's not accurate. But if they say, hey, during that time, the lion and the lamb lay down together. Well, that's true. Because they're all eating straw around. Now, it's more than just one. But that's, wh- that's where that... Does that make sense? Well, in fact, we have a, a poster over here. Uh, I believe it's right above the water fountain that has the lion with the lamb between its, its paws, right? And I know uh, is it Captain Francis on, on that side or somebody? I know there's a, there's a whole lot out there about somebody that's that's a, right that's one of the greatest songs ever I think it's 
you know, the fact that, hey, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's also the son of man. Right? So without him being the, you know, what, what did John the Baptist say when, when he came out? And not just him. Remember, John the Baptist and Jesus were what? Cousins. Physically speaking. They're cousins. Okay? They're mothers. They're sisters. So when he when he sees him, this is not the first time he's seen him, but it is the first time that he's coming forth publicly in his ministry. And because they are both led by, in fact, this is what we read here, the Spirit of God. Now, it doesn't say it like that, but it's the Spirit of understanding, the Spirit of righteousness, the Spirit of wisdom. Okay. In righteousness, that be what? Reign, there it is. In the Spirit, in sweetness. When he sees him coming, because he's controlled by the Holy Spirit of God, and Jesus, he said, I do nothing except what the Father tells me to do. I say nothing except what the Spirit says to do. Jesus didn't come down here and do what he wanted to do. He came to do what the Father told him to do in alignment and what he was willing to do. Don't ever forget that. He was willing to do that, knowing that eventually he'd have to come and be separated from us. Don't, no, we can't even fathom that. There's no way to understand that feeling. Can't even be God and not even understand that. that. That's what blows my mind. It's just totally incomprehensible. So what does he do? Because they're both following the Spirit of the Lord, when he sees him, he says, Behold the what? The Lamb of God. He doesn't say, Behold, a Lamb of God. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Now, we read that, and again, we don't know English. We don't know punctuation. So we read that, oh, that's that's good, whatever, next, right? Okay. Oh, that's good, okay, starting to ramp up there. But for every Jew standing there that heard John the Baptist, this was drop the mic time. Because what have they been doing ever since they came out of Egypt? Well, but there's one in particular. The Passover. The Passover. If I have to do the same thing here. Okay? The Passover. Why do we call it the Passover? Because it's when the Bethlehem was passed over those who put the blood on the side post and across the top. got the side post of the door, spiritual door, and then the header. Now, today, we usually just have it hung right here, but back then, they would have a big log or piece of lumber there that stuck out. You know what that is? Covered sacrifice. So they're like, I don't know. I mean, if it was really that kind of a picture, it would be one cross and Jesus. No. Jesus is the Lamb. The Lamb of God. Jesus is too tiny or too skinny or you know me to keep on sizing him up for sinners. And the blood is put on those so that the Bethlehem was passed over. Now you and I got saved and we didn't have to take a lamb without blemish, pure, white, and sacrifice him just like Jesus did for Adam and Eve. Okay, so they're out. 
able when the shepherd of the sheep he took it and he took that blood for those people that was a picture right of Jesus Christ the branch the holy one of Israel the Messiah that's going to come and die and to pay the sins of all men they were told that over and over okay now the nation of Israel likes to look at that as just, well, that's just what they asked for. Now, go back and look. That's not actually what they asked. He, he talks to them, and he says, not only to them, but he's also, he's not only the God of the Jews, but he says that he's also the God of the Gentiles. In case you don't know, we're Gentiles. <laughs> if you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile, okay? And look what happens. When you got saved, you're no longer a Gentile. Technically, but as far as God's concerned, in Christ, the lamb that was slain for the sinner who shed his blood and put it upon those, he doesn't speak of Jews or Gentiles. He speaks of the church, the bride. Does that make a little more sense now? Why? Because your Bible is about two kingdoms, and it's about who who wants it. A guy is a prince of power of the air and the, the heavens, Satan, Lucifer, and the king of kings, who is going to come back. Okay? He's earned it. And he will be crowned. One of my favorite hymns. Anybody know this, the song Crown Her Many Crowns? One of my favorite songs of all time, man. Precious when he stood in my eyes, now I see. Why? Why? Because he's good and he's a rescuer king. And he was willing to do it when you and I And they've been doing this for hundreds of years. Okay? And they are told every Passover, they go through a, a whole um, ceremony and everything where um, and I'm trying to remember there's another word for, for it that uh, the Jews use all the time. Uh, what is it? That, see, yeah, Seder. Seder, Seder. Think of Seder. Isn't that the word of Seder? No. Okay. But Seder. And, and, and by the way, if you've never gone and, and just sat and done one of those, because Hebrew people do that, and Jewish people do that sometimes, and I've done it where they go through the whole. It's it's very interesting to just. It, 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 you start seeing all the pictures that the congregation of Israel, the Jews, that was doing the rabbi who was doing that in front of you. The Bible says there back there in Romans chapter nine through eleven that that he's blind in part because he doesn't want to see that. But you and I are sitting there. You, you ought to go. You ought to do it. it. It's it's enlightening, man. It's so cool. It's like, man, how do you miss this? Because boy, he lays it out clear. So when John the Baptist says, behold, the lamb, the lamb, not a lamb, people are shocked. I mean, they got the helicopters, the reporters, everybody's out there, you know. They're like, hey, we're here on, on the River Jordan. And John the Baptist has just proclaimed breaking news, you know, coming out. That's how big that was. Now you get it. Okay. I mean, this was incredible. And we read it and we're like, man, that's cool. Okay, what's next? 
you got to see that, man. Why? Because this lamb, notice the lamb shows up all the time, right? You have a lot of different animals, but the lion and the lamb are pretty consistent. And, and, and that's, that's why a lot of times it says in both, you know, wolf and lamb, there's a few other references, but like you'll have wolf in there too. But you don't see this too often in the Old Testament for sure. But Scripture, this is interesting. That's right. Bad teachers or what I would call satanic implants, sometimes they're just people that come in and stir up trouble. Why do you think? There you go. Like I say, there's only a few few references. But again, if you go and you take the substance, you get that Strong's out and you look. So where's the half dozen pounds of wolf in some form shows up? Yeah, it's incredible. We thought Paul used that term. Don't forget, Dorothy says, well, Paul says back here. No. God says, using the pencils of Paul. Okay. It wasn't on whatever, I can't remember, they used the pencils back then. The pens, you know, back then. It, it's just the name. It's not the obedient name. Praise the Lord. I, I would love, you know, wouldn't you have loved to have been Paul? <laughs> you know, that would have been awesome. But with the price, you have to get stoned half a dozen times. You have to bear it a couple times. Can you imagine what his body was like? Shipwrecked. I mean, beaten. And this, I mean, talk about a guy ready to do his crazy and get out of this one. He used that word because it was for a guy. Scripture used that word. Told me a guy, they, they were moved by his body. He's very specific. And God doesn't like to be mistaken. Which is why it's worth it when you see something like that. Why? Why is that happening? Well, now you see why, why it happens like that. And, again, this is what happens in Christianity when people don't study the Bible. Some will say, well, you know, the Bible says that the lion's going to lay down with the lamb. Well, you, yes, but that's not actually what the, what the verses say. Does it mean they are lying down together? Well, yes. But that's not what it says. But you'll hear that. There's all kinds of things written of God that God never said. And that's why we have Bibles. So that we're without excuse. You know, you, you and I can, we're not, you know, we're going to pray here in a second, but you and I can be standing at the judgment seat of Christ and go, Lord, I, I, I didn't realize that, but the pastor said this and the singer says said that. And I was real faithful to listen and, and write down what they said. He said, yeah, but since you kept your promise, they're my words. Don't take my word for it. Don't take Pastor Brian's word for it. He, he will tell you this. I, I know him. You know him. Go check out what the Word of God says. Because, you know, sometimes I don't say things. Right? Find out what, what's the substance. If you don't have the right substance, I guess what? The evidence is going to prove this doesn't work. Like trying to mix bleaching and, and uh, ammonia together. pray and be done. Um, good question. As you see, how you do anything, how you do everything. Praise the Lord. We'll do it biblically.
study it out compare scriptures with one from the first.